Hi, my name's Jin Lally, and welcome to my podcast, Stress Bucket Solutions. I've got a slightly different episode for you today. Not so much of me talking. You're going to hear a new voice here. That voice is a friend of mine called Yvonne Webb. Yvonne is a business coach. She works with um, a, a franchise called the Action Coach Group. And I work with Action Coach quite a bit, and in particular, Yvonne Webb and her colleague, Alan, Alan Smith, as well. Uh, and I work a lot with business coaches, uh, various business coaches and life coaches with what I do. And the way I work is that often people will come to Yvonne uh, and other coaches that I know and um, Yvonne's dying to work with them. She's, she's very keen to work with them. She knows she can make a difference uh, in their business. However, she sees that they are consumed by stress in, in lots of other areas of their life, just overall, even possibly in their business as well. And what she really understands is that she knows she won't be able to push these people because they've really gone into that fight or flight mode. They're really just surviving. So often Yvonne and um, her colleague Alan will send people to me first and, and just say, look, I think you need to see Jin. Um, before I can help you. And that's a fantastic approach because the way I describe it, we've all started describing it a little bit now, is to say that uh, that stress bucket is overflowing so much that business coaches then can't put the challenges in there. It just gets rejected and they won't get the results that they're looking for. What we need to do is empty that stress bucket of all the residual background stress, the real threatening stress that's built up over years. So that then as that bucket's emptied and, and when it gets absolutely empty, then business coaches can then put some challenging stress in there, some good stress. And that stress really gives results. But to pile more challenge stress onto an already overflowing stress bucket just isn't going to work. And Yvonne really recognizes that. So I work with Yvonne quite a bit and also uh, doing talks and presentations uh, to companies that she goes into. Because although she says she has all the tools to be able to challenge people, show people what to do, uh, time management techniques... It really is no point if someone is sitting there feeling absolutely consumed with stress. It's just another thing that they feel they have to deal with. And so often companies ask her to bring someone in like myself uh, and I come in and I talk about how the brain functions so that people can understand that and say, oh, great. So what Yvonne is telling us is really useful, but I need an empty stress bucket first before I deal with that. So Yvonne asked me recently to if she could interview me. Uh, and I thought it might be nice for you to hear a recording of that um, and just that perspective of someone interviewing me, asking some really great questions, actually. She asked me some brilliant questions and it's just a conversation between the two of us. So I do hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to leave you here and I'm just going to end the episode with the interview. So I'll see you next time. Let me know what you think of this one. Jen, how are you today? Good morning, Yvonne. Are you OK? I'm well, I'm well. Good, nice to see you. Yeah, you too. I thought it'd be worth having a, a, a chat to find out a bit more about what you do. Obviously, we've worked together a, a few times now in the past. Um, and so I'm really interested as to how you came to be where you are just now. What, what's led you to, to doing what you do at the moment? Um, I used to be an optician. Um, 
that's what I used to do. Um, so what led me to what I do now is I used to see a lot of people with physical side effects from stress. They always had a story that began in, in stress. So things like high blood pressure, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, all these conditions can show up at the back of the eye on the blood vessels there. So if I wasn't sort of managing people who had these conditions, I was then sending them away to get checks if they didn't know they had it. I was like, I, I, I could see signs of what I suspected was high blood pressure or what I suspected was type 2 diabetes. And so I felt like I was at the end of their journey in stress. Like, so now their stress had built up in their life so much that they were now sick. So why shouldn't we be going right to the beginning? So I think if people can manage their stress, and I use that word manage because we all have stress. Mm. If you can manage your stress, there's other people who I saw who were really well, who'd also had a stressful life, but they were like really, really well. So what's the difference? So I've always wanted to do something to help people and do some sort of talking therapy. So when I found solution focused therapy, I knew it was for me. So I, I really wanted a change of career uh, as well. Okay, interesting. And so you talk about you saw people when, you know, stress was starting to impact them and their health and almost at the end of, of the, you know, the, the stress journey effectively. Tell me more about solution focused therapy and what that actually is what do you do what does that mean solution focused therapy was right up my street when I first started researching things like stress management and counseling and therapy so I did a lot of research into modalities things like counseling and going over problems from the past and trying to work them out there is a place for that but on a personal level that's not me that's mm. not my personality to start off with and also, I was thinking if I was going to sit and talk to people about their problems, I'm, I'm quite sensitive. I think I'd take all their problems on and I'd probably, you know, finish the end of my day uh, really drained. Mm. Solution focus therapy is all about appreciating, yes, you have a past, but not going back there, looking about at where you are now and where you want to be going forward. So it's about creating change for the future. We can't change the past, but if we sort of sit with our present quite you know, consciously, we can change our future. Um, so that's why like, it just appealed to me on a personal level, as well as a professional level. So when I found it, I, I really enjoyed it. And the other thing about what what I do in solution focused therapy, it's all very science based. Yeah. So um, I'm a secret science nerd. Uh, and obviously, you know, doing things like studying to be an optometrist, you study anatomy and you study the brain and the visual pathway. So it's all very, you know, this is actually what's happening. This is fact. This is what's going on. So I had to have the backup. I had to have all the neuroscience behind what's going on in the brain. Where does anxiety and stress come from? These are things that are not tangible, are they? So we can't put our finger on them. But there is a reason behind them in the brain. Uh, and so that was another reason I really um, sort of picked solution focused therapy of all the therapies. So I've seen you do your signature talk a, a number of times now. And I, I remember being blown away the first time I saw it by the reaction of the audience just because of what you talk about and the fact that it's, it's fact based, it's scientific, it's not fluffy. What struck me, though, was the clamour of questions that came from the audience. You really strike a nerve with people when you do your talk. What kind of questions do you commonly get asked? I get asked some brilliant questions, sometimes quite challenging as well. So I get asked lots of questions about the science behind sleep, 
because I talk a lot about sleep, so it's a very emotive subject. I get asked questions about why are we night owls or early birds? And I really try to give this back up from the science perspective and an evolution perspective. So because of my talk and how it's structured, it starts raising questions and people feel that they can ask them. It's not a mystery. Everything I've given is very fact-based and it's already started making sense to people. So mm. this, what, this is what elicits more questions from that. Uh, and it, I, I thrive on the Q&A, as you've seen me yeah. on at the end, you've hosted for me. Many, um, the Q&A is what gets me good because I really want to deliver something that I am answering your questions there and then that you can take away and understand how your brain works. If you want to create change in the brain, you should be able to understand the brain, first of all. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's why I love it because it's a really good starting point for people just to loosen up their thinking around about how we actually operate and how we work. Yeah. And the talk's really good for for larger clients, for corporate clients as well, isn't it? Because it's it it reaches everybody. It's a, it's applicable to everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's been the most fascinating thing I've found. So obviously, I'm just going in doing my talk. Um, but the feedback I get is amazing. So I went in to do my talk with my personality, like I said, being science based, being very fact based. This is what I do. And the feedback I've had from that is that this is sitting really well in a sort of corporate environment, because you are keeping it very logical, mm. and very fact based. So you can imagine so a room full of lawyers or a room full of accountants, you know, they've got that logical mind. And especially in, in a workplace environment, they want to keep it logical and keep it factual. Mm -hmm. So there is a place for things, you know, that a little bit more soft, like mindfulness and meditation. And I use that word soft, not in a derogatory way. Mm. But what I tend to find is people do, who are into mindfulness and meditation, they're probably doing that anyway, mm. uh, of their own accord. If you're coming into a workplace environment, you have to be very careful of the language you use because people are sitting around with their team leaders or managers, with, with colleagues in their team. So it's not about getting personal and it's not about trying to unpick your past or unpick the negatives, but it's about talking logically about how the brain works. And the best feedback I've had is that after my talk, the conversation around mental health has opened up. And the reason it's opened up is because I've kind of made it really easy to talk about because as you've seen me Yvonne, talk about polar bears and stress buckets uh, and the caveman. So using this kind of language makes mental health so much easier to talk about. And that that is my main aim. So let's talk about it more, but talk about actual solutions. Where is it coming from and what can we do about it to empty that stress bucket? Yeah. I think what struck me as well when I've been listening to your talks is we're, we're good at proactively looking after ourselves by bathing or washing our hair or brushing our teeth. You know, we look after our bodies by doing exercise. We know that's a thing to do. We, we nourish our bodies by food. But but often we don't take time to look after our minds and our thoughts. Yeah. That's what I found quite interesting. Why, why do you think that is or why why has that been a thing? The, the, the brain and the mind is still quite a mystery, isn't it? We don't know everything about it. You know, there's no neuroscientists out there that will say we know everything about it. But, the, you know, the brushing your teeth analogy you've used there is perfect. Now, if you think about it, like when you brush your teeth, what are you, why are you brushing your teeth? You're brushing your teeth to stop tooth decay, uh, to have fresh smelling breath so, so you can be a bit more kissable. You're doing all those things. But when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you're not thinking about that. Mm. You know, that isn't your first thought. It's just a habit that you get into. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. I mean, no one got excited about buying a new toothbrush, did they ever? Mm. But it's something that it's the same with our mental health, that if we can start doing everyday things that we know are good for us without even thinking about it, that that's what I I want people to achieve, that you Mm. do those things naturally. And actually, you know, all those things. So, you know, when people talk about, oh, take some exercise and make sure you sleep and eat properly, this is all about looking after ourselves. But, you know, to make it all fancy with words like self-care and that kind of thing, we're we're overcomplicating it. Mm. So I think, you know, we can do all those physical things to look after ourselves, but because the, the results from the mind aren't tangible, you know, we know that if we've got a lovely smile, we can see that, mm. but we're, we're often in our own heads. So it's not very tangible, the results that we get when we do those good things. And like I said, the brain's still quite a mystery uh, yeah. too. And one of the things that um, I've noticed as well is we introduced the concept or you introduced the concept of people being able to control their thinking and, and being able to control their thoughts. Often what I found is, is that's that's something that people really haven't spent any time considering and they assume their thoughts to be exactly the course of action they should take or how they should feel. Help me understand a bit more about that. Yeah, it comes from the different parts of the brain. So when you're in that primitive survival mode, that part of the brain has taken you over and it's now almost controlling you. Because what it's doing is it's gone into survival mode. You haven't got time to rationalize. You haven't got time to think. So you've just got to take action. At that point, you're highly stressed, you're highly anxious, you could be depressed, it feels like your thoughts are controlling you. But actually, that's, that's not the real you. The real you is in your intelligent brain where you're more conscious and rational. In that part of the brain, you control your thoughts. And so we don't live like cave people anymore. But we have still got that part of our brain that does take us over and go into fight or flight mode. When we're in fight or flight mode, we're completely taken over in autopilot almost. People say that's how it feels. And that's fine for just running away from the polar bear and surviving, except we're doing that all the time. We are consumed by that part of the brain. Mm. We need to get out of that part of the brain. There is another part of the brain where we are in control of our thoughts and feelings. And I guess that that's where you come in as well, isn't it? That's what you have to deal with as a business mm. coach. Mm. Absolutely. And and I guess it's, it's worth highlighting. There's been times in the past where I actually can't get a client to, to move forward or I can't challenge them correctly because, you know, they need support from someone like you who helps empty their stress bucket and move them to a different place. And, and therefore I can go with my job after that. Yeah. Well, what I always say is that so, you know, if uh, when I've worked with you is that so Yvonne wants to put things in your bucket to challenge you. And these are brilliant, challenging things, except your bucket is your stress bucket is full with stress right now. Uh, Negative stress. I need to empty that bucket. So then Yvonne can put challenge in there. Challenge stress is good for you. So and then you will get a better result. So Mm -hmm. I think that synergy between what we both do is perfect and I know that's when you've referred people to me when you've said I I would love to work with this person but there's so much underlying stress like you don't know what to do with that and then that's my job yeah absolutely and actually having you talk to to teams that I work with about how the brain works it just really really helps because it gives me a point of reference as well to to talk about and refer to yeah you mentioned sleep and and in all the talks I've seen you do that's that's the most contentious subject that's where most of the questions 
come up. Do you want to just, you know, bring that to life a little bit for us as to why it's, it's so important and why you think people react to it so, so well? Yep. Sleep is such an emotive subject, isn't it? So mm. emotive. It's something we were all born to do. It's a biological response in us. But it's something that I feel that now our lack of sleep because of social media and 24-hour news and the internet and everything we're having less sleep which I feel is leading to our mental health epidemic I explained during my talks the actual process of sleep literally empties your bucket so there is a absolutely biological response to that so what brings about the questions is I talk about sleep as your free form of therapy sleep is your free therapy and the reason I talk about sleep in my talks is very much about I, I need to give you tips. I really felt I wanted to give in my talk. Yep. So it's, it's not about me. It's about what can you do after this talk for free without assistance? You're not going to need to get any equipment. What can you do to empty your stress bucket? And you can do that straight after the talk. That very night, you'll be able to do something. Mm-hmm. And take action and that's how much I want to simplify mental health so it's an emotive subject sleep but we all know how to do it so I think um, we might not be doing it properly we might feel we can't do it um, but I think that's why it elicits so many questions because it, it's it's the leveler for all of us all of us can relate to sleep yeah yeah and for the for the larger clients you do your signature talk but there's another couple of, of talks after that as well that go into it in a bit more detail or do they touch on different subjects they touch on slightly different subjects but I do keep it very based around the brain so I use different metaphors to show how you can create change in the brain so I talk about how the brain can function like a business with a CEO a health and safety officer and a PA um, that tends to go down really well. Uh, mm-hmm. I talk about control and the solution-focused approach to control. I talk about a lot of neuroscience and neuroplasticity, about how to create change in the brain. And I've got some really good stories uh, of experiments, uh, often done on students, I'm afraid, uh, experiments done on students, just uh, taking brain scans uh, and looking at how the brain changes when you try to help people to change their behaviors something that you do Yvonne so how can we do that and once you understand how the brain works you know that that really resonates with people so our overlap has often been around things like growth mindset and fixed mindset hasn't it mm-hmm. so, you know the the overlap the synergy between what we both do or all, all I do is back up everything that you say in a way It's just just giving people that little bit more background that this is why you should be doing it. And you can do it. We don't have fixed brains. We have got, excuse me, got these brains that are plastic or elastic. They're moldable and they're changeable. And if you do want to change your future, if you do want to change your business, you can do that. You just need to look at it from a different part of your brain. Interesting, interesting. You're making me think of um, quite often with clients, they'll say to me, I don't have time. Time's one of the biggest objections, but actually yeah. that's them being fixed about their approach and, and what they can do, whereas actually there are things they can do to, to help it help yeah. themselves. Yeah. So your talks are part of your 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 business that um geared towards the corporate clients or the larger clients, is that fair? You've got an individual practice as well? Yeah. My my talks are geared to everyone. It's just I've been surprised at the way they've gone down with corporate clients um, as well. So I've had a phenomenal response. So, um, you know, I've I've spoken to students. I've spoken to women's groups as well. So, you know, evenings and social groups. So 
I've adapted it a little bit to the audience I'm speaking to, but I have been surprised with the the um, the response I've had from corporate clients. Mm. But yeah, my my main work, which I absolutely love, is one to one work. So I I don't my my talks I believe are quite educational sessions. I don't workshop it. I I'm not going to sit with you and therapize you. Uh, and I'm not going to literally empty your bucket in front of everybody. Um, so that's just the whole educational and informing people. Because the way I can really create change is if I work one to one with you, because I will then tailor make sessions to go your way to empty your stress bucket. The stress you've got is different from the next person's and the way you're going to understand things is different from the next person. So I absolutely tailor make sessions for individual clients. Uh, and the great thing about solution focus work is we work really quite quickly. So within two or three weeks, you should start noticing a difference uh, as well. So I, I love doing my one-to-one work. I've been asked to do groups and workshops, but it's just not for me because yeah. I, I don't get the feedback and I don't get the, I don't know if I'm making a difference. Mm. Uh, and I really just want to work one-to-one with people. I guess it's a really personal thing when you start getting into individual solutions, it's difficult to do in a kind of workshop environment. And I love the fact that it's, you talked about it being solution focused. So it's, it's almost not embedding old sorts of old behaviors. It's, it's finding new ways to, to reach out and actually move yourself forward. Isn't it? Yeah. Something's got you to this point. So that the repetition of those old thoughts and I always say, you know, if you want to talk about your problems, if I want to talk about my problems, I've got my best friend to do that with. You know, speaking to a therapist is not going to make any difference to me. So, you know, my best friend or some of my family, I can talk to them about it. But the thing is going over and over those problems probably hasn't made a difference so far. And actually, your mind doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. So if you had a traumatic experience in the past, if you've then been going over it and over it, you've had that traumatic experience maybe 100 times because your mind can't tell the difference between imagination and reality so going over it and over it just to me does not make a difference depending on your personality there is a place for it and I will always check with people and I'll always screen people and say I think that actually might be useful for you but I'm very clear with people right up front this is how I work and if that sounds like it would suit you I'm more than happy to help you but otherwise, I do refer people to counsellors because they they really want to go over reasons why things happened in the past. And that's perfectly fine. It's just mm-hmm. not the way I do things. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're recording this. We're in 2021. We're, we've been in the pandemic coming up on a year, unbelievably. What, what's your observation on um, how the pandemic's changed your work um, over the last few months? Has is it, is it been different to before? It's been different to before in... For me, I've got more access to people. So I'm doing so many more webinars. Mm-hmm. So right before I used to do a talk in person. So like yeah. a lunch and learn at a company and that kind of thing. And that was fabulous. But now my reach is so much wider. Um, the other thing, um, you know, as well is I, I've always worked online. Mm. Uh, online and face-to-face. Yeah. Online solution-focused therapy works a treat. So I've, I've always done it. So it never really bothered me when we went into first lockdown to take my face-to-face clients over. And I said, look, we're going to go online. It works really well. It's not a problem. But now what I found is that I really love working online. Mm. So even if we do go back to normal, um, I am going to continue to work online. I just feel I have more access to more people. 
Uh, and people are getting used to working online as well, aren't they? Like accessing other services uh, yeah. online as well. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll be continuing to stay online. Okay. Does that mean we're not going to meet up for that glass of uh, glass of wine? Uh, no, of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, social. I need my social life. Absolutely. And so what does the next few months or, or year hold for you? What are you looking to do with your business? Is Apart from take over the world. Fun? well if that's if that's what you want to do that's fine i'm actually really happy where i am right now you know my my mission is to help more people uh, yeah. and doing that you know just for myself so whether that's you know finishing off that never ending book that i'm supposed to be writing yeah. podcasts you know getting on the radio getting on the tv something where i can just educate and inform more people to say look it's with overcomplicated mental health mm. so I'm on a bit of a mission to do that. So, you know, I, I admire um, Joe Wicks. So I always feel what Joe Wicks has done for physical health, I want to be able to do for mental health. That sounds like a great thing to go for. <laughs> well, good luck with it, Jen. It's been lovely to talk to you today. Thanks. Thank you, Yvonne.